last episode, we ended with the Roman Republic invading Seleucid Empire during the Battle of Magnesia, which took place in 190 BC, near the Lydian territories in the western part of Asia Minor. The battle resulted in the Roman Republic, led by Consul Lucius Cornelius Scipio and his brother, General Scipio Africanus, defeating Seleucid King Antiochus III. In the aftermath of the war, while Seleucid Empire was not completely defeated, it lost quite a bit of its territories in Asia Minor to the Roman Republic. This marked the point where Seleucid Empire became considerably weaker in its economy, army, and geopolitical position. Top priority for Artashes was reunification of territories with the Armenian-speaking population. As described by Strabo, Artashes expanded Armenia in all four directions. He took many territories under his rule until he, until he reached Sophin, which he was not able to take. Horenati has preserved the story of King Artashes and the Princess of Alans, Satenik. Alans are the ancestors of modern-day Ossetians, who at the time conquered the present-day Georgian territories and came in contact with the Armenians at the banks of River Kura. According to the story, Artashes moved against them with his army and during the battle captured the king's son. The king's daughter, Satenik, came to call on Artashes to have his brother released, and Artashes saw Satenik and fell in love. He abducted her in order to marry her and then made truce with the islands. Artashes and Satenik had six sons together. Among them, future kings of Armenia, Artavas I and Tigranes I. According to Plutarch in Strabo, Artashes founded the Armenian capital Artashad with the help of Carthaginian general Hannibal. In 190 BC, the latter fled from the Romans to Armenia after fighting in the Battle of Eromedon on the side of the Seleucids. Hannibal made great contributions to the planning of the city as an appreciation to Artashes' hospitality. Artashat is now located in Armenia, 30 kilometers southeast of Yerevan. The population of the previous Orontid capital Yerevan Dashat was transferred to Artashat, the Armenian Carthage. According to Moses Horenati, all of the bronze statues of pagan gods, including that of Anahid, were transferred to Artashat from the city of Pagaran, a spiritual center during Orontid era. Artashes also built a citadel that was later called Horvira. Thanks to the river Arax, the city quickly thrived and became a trade center. More than 12 stone boundary markers were found in the city with Aramaic inscriptions where Artashes claimed descent from Orontid dynasty. The existence of these stones was previously described by Moses Hoenati. Artashes lived until the year of 160 BC. Building a city after a king's name was an important Hellenistic tradition. Hellenism was a cultural movement that spread throughout Armenia after Alexander's invasion of Achaemenid Empire. The movement reached its pinnacle throughout the Mesopotamia during the reign of Seleucid dynasty. We will talk about this in future episodes, but for now, Know that by the time Artaxat dynasty came to power, many aspects of Zoroastrianism were already replaced by Hellenistic traditions. Artaxerxes' successor was his son, Artavazd. Artavazd appointed one of his relatives, Artaxias, as an Iberian, present-day Georgian ruler. Artaxas established a dynasty in Georgia, which lasted until the year of 30 BC. Before finishing up with Artavazd I, Let's take a look at what was going on in the neighboring Seleucid Empire. Since mid-3rd century BC, 
Parthian satrapies started gaining power within the Seleucid Empire. Seleucids were in constant struggle with their cousin, Ptolemaic Empire of Egypt. They had ambitions to conquer the entire Asia Minor. Alas, they got defeated and incredibly weakened by the Roman Republic. Due to constant rebellions by Parthian satraps, Partha was becoming larger and larger. They were based in southeast of Caspian Sea, or the northeastern part of today's Iran. By the year of 148 BC, Parthian king Mithridates I captured the city of Ecbatana and by 141 BC, Babylonia. Things got interesting for Armenia by 115 BC when Parthian Empire reached modern-day Syrian territories. This was the first time Parthia started interfering in Armenian affairs. Mithridates II took into captivity Artavas' nephew Tigranes, the future Tigranes the Great. The legend goes that Artavas I died in nature during hunting. According to the legend preserved by Khoernati, Artavas was jealous of his father Artashes, who was beloved by everyone for being the mighty king, the establisher of the dynasty. During Artashes' funeral, a lot of sacrifices were being made, and Artavas spoke about his father by saying that he died and is still taking everything with him. How was he supposed to rule now over the ruins? According to the legend, Artashes heard this in his deathbed and cursed his son that one day he go out hunting on the slopes of Mount Ararat and fall in the gorge of the mountain. Artavas died without leaving an heir, so his brother Tigranes became the king of Armenia as Tigranes I and ruled between the years 115 and 95 BC. He is also known as Tiran. Very little information has survived from the period of his rule. Upon his death, his son Tigranes bought his freedom from the Parthians and returned to Armenia to be crowned King Tigranes II, soon to be the greatest of all Armenian kings. After becoming king, Tigranes moved to strengthen the state left to him by his grandfather Artashes. He married Mithridates' sixth daughter Cleopatra and by that action solidified his alliance with him. Cleopatra bore four children for Tigranes, among them the future king Artavas II. While Armenian kingdom was being threatened by Parthians in the east, interesting happenings were taking place in the west. Of Greek and Persian origin, Kingdom of Pontus, located just west of Armenia, led intricate politics to stop Roman expansion. Since early times, Pontus as well as Cappadocia were located where Seleucid, Ptolemaic, and Roman powers met. For that reason, these territories were frequently ruled by either of those three powers. By 2nd century, Seleucid and Ptolemaic powers were significantly diminished, so Roman Republic was aggressively seeking eastward expansion. Pontic king Mithridates V was a Roman ally since the Third Punic War in 149 BC, where he helped Rome with military resources against Carthage. However, his son Mithridates VI, observing Roman expansion, felt threatened and led anti-Roman agenda. Also during Mithridates VI's reign, Pontic Kingdom reached its zenith. By 100 BC, Kingdom of Pontus had already conquered the eastern half of Asia Minor and Cappadocia in the south. To secure its power over Cappadocia, Mithridates sent a representative to Rome to ask for recognition of Cappadocia as a Pontic territory. Rome, however, declined the request and demanded that Mithridates withdraw. Thus, Cappadocia became an independent Roman claimed kingdom. Mithridates was not happy about this because now Roman buffer zone directly touched the Pontic border. 
Four years later, Mithridates took advantage of Rome's internal turmoil and encouraged his son-in-law, the young and ambitious Tigranes the Great, to conquer Cappadocia. Tigranes happily took over Cappadocia and assigned an Armenian client king. Now Armenia had a buffer zone between its main territory and that of Roman Republic. Soon Roman consul Aquilius forced Tigranes and Mithridates to withdraw. Taking advantage of this, Bithynian king Nicomedes, a Pontic competitor in the west, invaded Pontus. In 87 BC, Mithridates retaliated and conquered Bithynia as well as Cappadocia. Rome declared war against Mithridates. This became known as the First Mithridatic War. Mithridates the Sixth was preparing for this war for a long time. He had several networks in the region, including the Scythians, Thracians in the west, many Greek cities in Asia Minor, and most importantly Tigranes. His vast support, especially from Armenia, made him believe that he could defeat Rome, which was going through some internal upheaval. In fact, he did reach all the way to Greek Peninsula and conquered Spartan cities. However, Pontic success did not last long. Mithridates surrendered to Roman general Lucius Cornelius Sulla in 85 BC, and all of his newly conquered territories were handed back to Rome. Even though the Roman Republic was victorious in the war, Pontus was still able to keep its original territories. Shortly after, in 83, Roman general Morena preemptively attacked Pontus, claiming that he was accumulating too much military strength in the region. Morena's embarrassing defeat inflated Mithridates' ego. Meanwhile in Armenia, at first Tigranes set forth to crush the remnants of the Seleucids and conquer the territories of the Parthians, where he had been prisoner for 20 years. When in 88 BC, Parthias Mithridates II died, he left his empire in turmoil, and Tigranes decided to use that moment of internal strife in the Seleucid territories to make his move. He conquered most of the Seleucid territories, including the entire Mesopotamia, Cilicia, Phoenicia, and in 83 BC, during a struggle in power in Syria, which was a Seleucid territory, Tigranes was offered the crown of Syria, and after that assumed the title of King of Kings, Shahanshah. Then, like the grandfa his grandfather Artashes, Tigranes also moved to build a capital city named after himself, Tigranagate. It was built during the years of 83 to 78 BC, and it was located near the modern city of Diyarbakir in Turkey. Populations from newly conquered territories were forced to relocate to the new capital city. The territory of his kingdom stretched between the Caspian and Mediterranean seas. This has had major implications for the generations of Armenians ever since who have viewed the sea to sea Armenia as the ultimate goal of Armenian nationalist ambitions. The void created by the sudden death of Bithynian king Nicomedes in 74 BC disturbed the peace in the region. Mithridates felt that he had a second chance to expand Pontus and declared the Third Mithridatic War. This time Rome drove out Pontic and Armenian border further east from Asia Minor. Pontus was completely conquered by Rome and Mithridates found refuge in Armenia in 71 BC. Roman general Lucullus demanded that Tigranes give up Mithridates, but Tigranes remained loyal to his father-in-law. As the request was denied, Lucullus invaded Armenia in 69 BC. Tigranes had twice as large of an army. However, he lost in the Battle of Tigranagert. While Lucullus moved further southeast, toward the Parthian border, Tigranes fled back to Artashat to collect another army. In 68 BC, Lucullus now turned towards Artashat to finish his business, 
but was crushed by Tigranes near the banks of the Euphrates River. Also, the Roman army was not prepared for snow and steep mountains, so Lucullus retreated back to the northwest of modern-day Syria, where he took over the fortress of Nisibis, the main Armenian base in the southwest. At this point, Lucullus was losing power due to internal disagreements in his army as well as his inability to defeat Tigranes. Lucullus was recalled back to Rome. Tigranes took advantage of this moment and reclaimed some of his lost territories. Now it was Pompey's turn to show his talent. Because of the lengthy campaign against Lucullus, Armenia was greatly weakened and unable to challenge the fresh Roman forces. Thus, Tigranes met Pompey for a peace agreement. In 64 BC, Armenia became an ally clan kingdom of Roman Republic. What happened to Mithridates VI? He collected an army few times during Tigranes' victories and tried to gain back Pontus, but was soon chased after by Pompey. Tigranes was not willing to accept him anymore, so he fled from one place to another without giving up on his long-held dream. At the end, he was completely crushed by his son, Mithridates is said to have committed suicide. Now Pompey made Pontus a Roman province and Armenia a client kingdom. Pompey claimed triumph with his newly conquered territories. Armenia not only had lost its buffer zone, Cappadocia, but also its ally, Kingdom of Pontus. Tigranes ruled Armenia until his death in 55 BC. Even though he is credited with extending the boundaries of the Armenian kingdom, and turning it into the most powerful force east of Rome, the flaws of this endeavor should also be pointed out. First, his expansions did not match the growth of population within his empire, forcing him to relocate foreign populations and populating his new cities with foreigners. Those cities faced the danger that upon foreign invasion, the foreigners, who were also recruited to fight in Tigranes' army, would defect and leave the positions defenseless. That did happen when Roman forces took Tigranes' capital, Tigranagird. Also, even though Tigranes set out to create an empire, he did not calculate that by stepping on the toes of Rome, he was crossing geopolitical lines and threatening Roman's sphere of influence. This also was fatal for Tigranes' empire, since the latter Roman rulers made sure to never allow a strong Armenia to prosper in the east and always kept it under their thumb. The thought that a strong Armenia would dominate the region reverberated in later centuries too, after the Romans, when every new power in the region made sure to keep Armenia within its limits. In the next episode, we will talk about the situation in Armenia during the century that followed Tigranes' death. We will show how Tigranes' ventures directly affected the future of the Artaxat dynasty and the future of the Kingdom of Armenia.